I don't know how much you guys know um, about my background. I know I give my spiritual testimony a lot of how I was raised in a Christian home and all that. But another part of my testimony that I've never really gone into a lot of detail is the fact that I grew up doing construction. That's what I, my dad was in construction. He did vinyl siding, which is putting vinyl siding in windows and doors and stuff like that on houses. And so that was in my blood growing up. My dad, from the time I was a little kid, would bring us on the job and have us clean up the jobs. He would pay us to run stuff to him. Eventually, we got to the point where my dad would let us uh, cut the siding and measure it out, and he'd call out the dimensions, and we'd run it up to him. And, and I, I, it, was, it was a skill that my dad was teaching me, and eventually, we got to start doing the metal, where you'd put the metal and cut it and form it and put the facial board and all that kind of stuff on the houses. And so, I, that was kind of in my blood. Once I graduated, I was getting ready to go off to college, And my brother had already gone up through the ranks, and he had uh, a job where he was working as his own general contractor, and my dad was a general contractor, and so I got to work with them. And I remember the point where I was about 16, 17 years old, where my dad started letting me, he'd give me a section of the house, and I did it all my life. He would say, all right, I want you to start this from the ground up, and I want you to side this wall. And this morning, I'm going to teach you guys how to vinyl side a wall, okay? So you're saying, I came here to learn the Bible. Just hold on for a minute. And I'm going to give you a practical lesson that I promise that goes a long way. The way that you would start a wall, you'd prep the wall. And then you had to do what we'd call apply the starter to the front. And I've got pictures. I want you guys to be able to walk out of here today Zach, if this whole being a lawyer thing, the bar exam doesn't work out, you can just get a construction job and you get all your training right now, all right, buddy? You're thinking, I didn't work eight years or whatever. But uh, here, here, we'd start off and, and we'd have to snap this line. And you guys think I'm crazy for telling you. We'd have to snap this line across there. But the line had to be straight. So we would take this string and we would stretch it really tight. Because the wall was so big... There was no such thing as a level that would stretch from one side to the wall to the other. So you would stretch a string out instead, and you'd put that little thing. Now, just so you guys get the idea, that little level that's on there was only about this big. It's three, maybe four inches wide that you would hang on the string. Once you got that thing in the right spot, you would take that level off. It would be full of chalk. You'd pull it back and snap it, and it creates a perfect line leveled across the side of the house. Then you apply the starter to the bottom of it. I think we got a picture of that. It's just this metal that goes across the bottom. And then you would begin to hang the first piece of vinyl siding to the bottom of that. It hooks to the bottom of that metal. You'd nail it. And then there's the next picture, you'd work your way up the wall with the pieces. I remember doing this, doing it, and doing it, and doing it. So you get kind of like in a hurry. Have you guys ever gotten in a hurry before and start messing up? And uh, my dad, I- I'm sitting there, and when you're on the wall and you're going across and you get a routine, you do it. And I promise you, you could do a wall like that in probably uh, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on, on, on the scaffolding and how tall it was and things like that. So I'm going across. And my dad walks around the corner and he goes, what is that? And I was like, dad, it's an awesome wall that your son just did. And he said, Tony, step back. And he had me walk back 
and the whole thing ran downhill about two inches. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I do that? And I said, Dad, I snapped the line. It was straight. It was good. It was all in order, everything that I know to do. And my dad gets the whole thing, and of course, my, da- my dad was really strict on this. He said, you do it right or you don't do it all. And my dad made me tear down the whole wall. And he went back to that line, and he stretched it out, and he put that level back on there. And he said, Tony, look at it. And I said, Dad, it's straight. He goes, it is not perfectly in the middle. And I said, Dad, it is only off, but I'm, I'm not joking that much. I mean, not even enough to be able to tell. And he, th- this is the lesson that my dad said, Tony, in that little section right there, it is that only much off. But he said, you multiply that times the entire wall, you turn it into two or three inches that that wall is off. It matters. Every tiny bit matters if you want the entire thing to turn out level and right. You say, what in the world do you mean by that? Do you know how many people think, well, this part of my life and this, I just want to do what I want to do. I, I want to have my fun. I want to do this. And you stand back and you say, what's wrong with it? I, everything's going great. Until you get to the point of your life where God sits back and says, everything, everything in your life has gotten off. Because you ignored me and the little things when you got started. I want you guys to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I had the best time over the last three days being able to get away with our church group and the sanctuary class in here. They do a, uh, a little getaway every year. We go to Sight and Sound Theater and we got to witness before our eyes like a two and a half hour drama of the life of Moses. It was awesome. If you ever, ever, ever get the opportunity to go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania... And go to that. It is worth the drive. It is worth the money. We had a great time. It really stirred my heart up. And I told him before we left, I said, I already know myself. I know that when I see something and I experience something like that, I'm going to want to preach on it. So this morning I am preaching on Moses. I think the group thought I was joking. Like I was taking notes during the play, so I had a message. No, I was like, uh, I, I wanted to, to preach on Moses. And, and I, I realized this. There, there's a lot of things that everybody wants. But I know what everybody wants for sure is the fact that they want to be a success story. I've never, did you notice not one college graduate or high school graduate walked up here and said, Hi, my name is so-and-so. I graduated from here and I just want to be a failure, you know. I, I, just want, I just want to fall on my face and I want to be a sermon illustration one day. That's, that's who I am this morning, you know. I, I've never heard it. Now, next year we'll probably have one do it just to be funny, but... Yeah, I, I, I look at these stories in the Bible and I think, how, how did that happen? Because I want you guys to know, they were just people, but what they did with their life is what made all the difference. And I, I know that everyone looks back on their life and thinks, how did I get to this point? What happened? What, what, what made the difference? And I'm, I'm not talking about success when it comes to the success stories of the world. Because I'm telling you, I, I can tell you what they think is success but what God says is success and what the world says is success is not the same thing. You're here today because God has brought you to this point. And God has been training these young people. And I'm not just talking about the ones on the stage. I'm talking about all of us. 
Because God is training an army in everything that we do. It doesn't matter if it's Zach talking about being a lawyer or Sherry talking about being a counselor or Pastor Joe talking about being a pastor or whatever God leads the other ones of going into the military or working a job down the street. All of us have the same calling on our life and that is to point people to Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, you do for the glory of God. And it's not just from the pulpit in a church. And if you think that this is a high calling that is separated from yours, no, it doesn't matter if you are working in a secular job or you're working in a prison and you're working down the street in the public schools. All of us, in the core value of us, have the same job. It's to point people to Jesus Christ. To exalt Him in all that we say and do. To bring glory to His name and exalt Him as God and Creator. We desire for God to do the same thing that he did with David, to look down upon David and said, that is a man after my own heart. There's a young man or woman here today that says, I, I want to be pleasing to God. Then it starts in our hearts. I don't want to sound negative, but let me tell you this. Success stories don't just happen. It, there's not one person that just woke up and said, man, how did you get your degree? Or how did this happen? Nobody didn't say, man, I just woke up and somebody mailed it to me and I had my name on it. And it was like, awesome. You know, no, nobody dreams of that fairy tale wedding and then somebody just wake them up today and say, hey, you're getting married today. It's like, to who? It's like the perfect God that you always dream. No, it doesn't happen that way. And if you're living in that Hollywood fictitious world, that's not, it comes from you following God and having dedication and allowing God to guide your every foot step that you take. Let me give you the keys to success this morning in Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 29. You guys know this is kind of the, the hall of faith. It's, it's people, average, everyday people that followed God and God did great things through them. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, as seeing who is invisible. Through faith he has kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Let's pray. God, I do pray, Lord, that you'll help us to follow you, Lord, as Moses followed you. Lord, when I read this passage, Lord, I, I, I very clearly can see, Lord, without a doubt, Lord, you did great, mighty things through Moses. But Lord, I also see some key things in this passage, Lord, that he was a man that desired to please you and to follow you above all things. Lord, help us to realize, Lord, that every day, every day, we make choices in our life, Lord, that direct our paths. Lord, you've given us the word of God. Lord, it, 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 it shows us the way to go. Lord, I pray that you just help us to be guided by you. We pray this in your name. Amen. There are some lessons to be learned. No doubt 
Moses was a success story. He was a man of God. He was a leader. He was a father. He was a husband. He was all these things that we could get out of here. He delivered the people out of bondage. A big deal. But notice verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Can I, can I just stop? And this is not my message, I promise. This is not, I, I want to get into the life of Moses. But do you think that God did that on purpose before he started talking about Moses? God said, stop, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you behind the scenes of what happened. Behind this great leader, there were, and the Bible says, there were parents that trusted God, that followed God, that had faith in God. There was parents, the Bible says, that hid their kid, their baby, three months when their life was to be threatened for doing so. There was parents that were not afraid of the king's commandments. The success of Moses, let me tell you, began with the leadership of his parents. If we want God-fearing children, then let me say we need God-fearing parents. If we want God-fearing children, there must be an example of that in the home. And I'm not saying, I promise you, if some of these were to walk through the, up here and say, hey, listen, I didn't have that at home. Thank God, I, I, I praise God that God's able to do miracles in people's lives. Don't use that as an excuse to sit there. I'm, I'm just trying to challenge parents right here. God is using you. God desires to use you to help raise up this next generation for God's glory. How did they do it? The Bible says they hid their son three months. Say, how, how, how do you do something like that? I promise you the only way you're ever going to accomplish something like that is by having total faith in God. Can you imagine, you say, man, it's tough, Pastor Tony. Man, it's a tough world to raise kids. I, trust me, I, I understand. It is a crazy world to raise, kids, to raise kids. But have you ever thought about what it'd be like to have somebody knock on your door and run through your house with knives looking for your children? Have you ever thought what it'd be like to have a child and know that the midwives were commanded by the authorities to kill your child before it's even born? Have you ever thought, you say to opposition, no, that takes some extreme faith of God to be able to follow God in that situation. I love how it says, well, they, basically, that they feared God more than they feared the world around them. They feared God more than they feared the king's commandments. There, there's something about, we, we allow the circumstances around us to dictate, and we fall underneath the pressures of what we have. I promise you, the success of your life has to come from you kneeling before God and fearing God more than you fear what's in this world. And you say, man, there's a lot of junk. There's a lot of scary things. There's a lot of things that we face every day, and it terrifies me. I promise you, our God is bigger than all of these things. God had a plan for Moses. That all the parents were doing was being guided by God to put Moses in the right place at the right time. I love how the fact that everybody, this is a routine. You have a baby boy, this is what happens. You have a baby boy, this is what happens. The baby boys would be cast into that. I love that mom taking that baby and hiding it three months. And I imagine dad came home and said, I know we talked about this. And honey, I believe that this is God. And Honey, I know you're right. No matter what it takes, we're going to do this. We're going to follow God. We're going to trust God. Well, all the other parents, they just turn over their kids to the world. Honey, 
I don't care what all the other parents are doing. It's for me and my house. I want my baby to serve our God. You, you say that they were, everybody was going with the flow. That's just what happened to baby boys. And they just say, you know what? I've decided I'm not going to go with the flow. I'm not going to do what they say. I'm not going to do what's going on around us. I'm going to stand out. I want to be different. And I, this is a proper child. God has a plan for this child. And I'm not going to turn it over the world. Have you ever stopped to look at the symbolism of how much there is a parallel from that to the world that we live in? How Satan's just going around, you got kids that want to serve God? You got kids that you're going to serve God with? You got kids that are set aside to do something great for God? Yes, let me have them. We're going to slaughter them and throw them in. Stand back and say, no, you're not having my baby. I don't care what it takes. He said, well, that's tough. No, it gets tougher. It's tougher because there came a point where they could not do that anymore. There came a point where they literally had to take that basket. And, and guys, this is, this is a crazy thing to even imagine. Oh, they formed that basket, put it in the Nile River, and sent it down. You say, that takes a lot of faith. Yeah, that takes a crazy amount of faith. It's amazing how God says, you know what, I've got a plan for that child. It's not always going to make sense. But I need that child to be here for me to do something great. And and God knew that Moses had to be grown up in the way of the Egyptians in order for his plan to be there. And it doesn't make sense to us, but God had a plan. But the only way you're going to acknowledge for God to do something great with your kids is when you're willing to say, God, they're yours. They've always been yours. And Lord, I put them into your care. You think that was easy for that mom? You say, oh, that was, that's a Bible story. She was something super spiritual. No, she was a mom just like you. She, she, she was crying her eyes out. I guarantee you she was broken in her heart as she had to let go. See, there, there might be a chance that God's going to call your children to the mission field. I, I don't even, I hate the idea of Morgan, Logan, or Jordan moving down the street too far from me. And I, I know my parents are going crazy with having their kids living in other states. And I know that's not easy. But you know, a lot of times, we, we don't want to let go when we manipulate. I don't want to manipulate away from God's plans for my kids. Have you ever thought what you would do if your kids came up to you and said, Mom and Dad, I think God's calling us to, to England to, to serve God as missionaries. Would you encourage it? Or would you sit there and say, Honey... I don't understand why you can't serve God right here at Fellowship Baptist Church. God can use them to serve here at Fellowship Baptist Church, but if his plan is to bring them to England, you better not get in the way. We wonder why this world's in a mess, and we turn around and blame the children. Maybe we should also blame the parents for not giving their children to God when God said they belong to me from the beginning. They're mine. This is not a message on parents. (laughs) There's no way that I read that and I thought, man, alive, look at that. Behind success story of this story right here, I can point out that there were parents that feared and followed God. But let me get into the life of Moses and I'll I'll be brief with this. Where does success come from? Look at verse 24 again. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know about you guys, if you just stop right there, you take a man that had everything. You talk about Egypt being a picture of the world. You talk about having everything at your foot's, 
You talk about everything at your fingertips. You talk about every food and every desire and all the power and everything sitting right before you. But there was something inside of him. There was, there was a calling. There was a yearning. There was a conviction inside of him. And one day he got to the point where the Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh, Egypt, all of that represented the world. And that man being raised, and you guys know the story. You talk about how God will bless a mother I did a, a six-month series on Wednesday night a couple years ago on the life of Moses. And man, when we got to talking about the mom and how the Bible gave that whole description about how she sent that baby off and one day they came and knocked on her door and said, hey, uh, we've got this Hebrew child. Would you mind raising it for us and we're going to pay you to raise your own child? You tell me about how awesome our God is. She sent that baby off, and you turn around and say, where God guides, God provides. That's just how God works. But it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Where does this success come from? Number one, from the stand that we take. Moses was raised at first by his Hebrew mother, and, and, I, and there's speculated how long that time was and all that, and I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But then he got pulled out of there and was raised in the world. And, and I've thought about that illustration of being raised and put into his heart what he knows to be right, and then having that influence of all those leaders and philosophers, all of those people teaching him about war and false gods, all those things that were all around him, but he knew in his heart that he was a Hebrew, and he knew in his heart what was right and who the true God was. But at some point in his life, the Bible says that it stirred up, that he turned around and he said, you know what, I refuse, I reject, I do not want what the world has, I'd rather serve God. It's a scary thing. For anybody to think that you can have one foot in the world and one foot in God's glory and think that you're going to be successful. Moses became a man and he had to choose between the two worlds. And think about it. We were talking Wednesday night about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they came to the place in their life where they had to stand and decide on where they stood. See, there, there's some things that you're going to have to know in your heart what is right and what is wrong. Turn around and say, I'm my own person. That is great. Man, I, I look at our young people right here, and I, you know why I'm so passionate? You know why I'm excited about tonight? Tonight, Pastor Dave is going to be preaching. He's taking the service, and he's going to be preaching with our young people. All right, so he's bringing them on the stage. They're going to be singing. They're going to be testifying. They're going to be quoting scriptures. You say, what is the big deal? Because that is what they need to be doing. That is what they need in their lives. We lift it up. We praise God for it. Pastor Dave said, man, I just want to encourage parents to understand how important it is that we train up a child in the way he should go and that we do our part as a church. Man, one day they're going to get old enough. They're going to say, I can do my own thing. I'm going to tell you right now, you can. But you better be careful. Let me go back to that illustration. You better be careful. Because you turn around and on our lives, every step, you realize that, you say, how did I end up way over there? It's because way over here, you started making steps in that direction. 
Nobody just ends up in trouble. Nobody just ends up off the deep end. Nobody just ends up there. You people turn back and say, how did I get here because you got off way over here? Can I tell you, everything that you're doing right now, every decision that you make, every party that you go to or don't go to, the wrong people that you date or don't date, will determine where you end up. Moses was different. Because he had something in his heart telling him what was right and what was wrong. You know why we've done what we've done for all these years? You know what you've done, what you've done all these years as a parent? You know why Pastor Joe and Pastor Tyler have done what they've done? And Pastor Dave, right now, teaching our kids right now, because we're instilling in their hearts from God's word what is right and what is wrong. And it is so vitally important that we understand that as God speaks to us, we better follow him or else we will end up in trouble. Success comes from the stand that we take, but also, let me show you this in verse 24. Success comes from the direction that we choose. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. How did Moses end up leading the children of Israel to so many victories? I mean, you can imagine all the different awesome things that he did with the plagues and the Red Sea and all these things. And the Bible says that he chose to follow God. We are faced with choices every single day. And I'm not talking about our young people. I'm talking about all of us. If you think that you're to the point where you have it all figured out, that just proves that you do not have it all figured out. There's none of us that have arrived. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how old you are or or, or what your age is or anything like that. You see, there's a lot of us that we turn around and we get to the point where, especially the young people, and say, man, I'm an adult. I'm going to be my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live life up. And I'm here to tell you that you can, but with big boy choices comes big boy consequences. There's a thing that the Bible says, that you will reap what you sow. But before that it says, God will not be mocked. You, you, don't, you can slip away from your parents, but you will never slip away from God. You can hide things from your mom and dad, but you can never hide them from God. Let me say that goes for us as adults as well. You can hide things from your spouse, but you are not hiding them from God. God said, I won't be mocked. You turn around and you think you're going to live that life and you're going to just live it up and do your own thing. You will reap what you sow. We, we try to push that away, but that's a biblical principle. That's not just some sort of cute little thing that we put on a keychain. That's what God said. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Let, let me say I'm, I, I'm, I'm proud of these students, but for the most part, I could give you the testimonies of a lot of them. God's been good to them. God has blessed them. God has set them up. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Say, Pastor Tony, I, I know what you're saying, but how many times have we heard this? I just want to enjoy life right now. I, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I've been under my parents' rules for all these years, and You know, I've had to do everything they've said, and I've had to live by their curfew, and I couldn't date him, and I couldn't go this, and I just just wanted to do my own thing. I just want, Pastor Tony, I know what you're saying, but just let me go. Can, Can I tell you that even Moses would testify to this, because he did testify if we were to take his story? But the Bible says, you say, 
how, how did he choose? Because he understood something. That sin has pleasure. But the pleasure is only for a season. Do you notice that, that they end to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season? Do you know what that means? It does not last. It reminds me of the illustration that I've used before of throwing that hook out there when you're a fisherman and you put that big hunk of bait or that worm on there. And I guarantee you for the first two, three seconds, that fish thinks that he just found the Mac Daddy meal for the day. Until that fisherman jerks back and realizes that at the center of that worm was a hook that he could not get out of his mouth. And I think all across our colleges and our high schools and our workplaces and everything else, Satan's throwing that bait out right in front of us. And he's sitting there going, you know what, you, why, don't, why don't you just live it up? Why don't you have fun? Why, why do you have to follow your parents and everything? Let me tell you, it's not your parents you're following. At some point, you're going to have to choose to do right or to do wrong. So at some point, you're going to have to realize that the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. God's not going to call and say, all right, where's your parents? All right, line them up. Well, why did, he, why did you let him go to that party? No, God's going to say, no, your parents step aside. You will answer to me. It's not mom and dad. You got away from mom and dad. You did your own thing for so long. All these things that God has put before us. God put before us that we could be on the right path, that God could bless us, make the choice to do what we want. But I can tell you, the devil's path does not pay. I know so many people that are on the fence and say, I know, I know, I know. Satan, Satan's tempting me, he's doing this and that. But I'm telling you, at some point in your life, you're going to have to just stand up and make a choice. Let me finish with this on a positive Bible says about taking a stand and choosing our direction, but let me finish with the blessings that will follow. I love how verse 26 says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. See, he said, you know what, I, I, I waited all out, I understood. And in my heart, I knew that God would bless me far more than Egypt would ever bless me. And he said, I, I saw what they offered me, and I knew everything that was before me, but he said, I realized that there is no greater happiness than following Jesus Christ. Can, can I tell you guys right now that along the way that I tell you not everything made sense in my life, not everything made sense. I, I remember going before Jenny's dad that one day when he asked me, I, I wanted to marry Jenny, and I knew in my heart that I wanted to go off to Bible college, and I wanted to marry Jenny, and he asked me that day, he said, how, now listen, how are you going to support my daughter? I'm like, dude, didn't I tell you I love her? I'm like, what more do you need? He said, how are you going to support my daughter? And I am not joking. Her dad sat down with a calculator. And as I'm rattling off numbers, and he's sitting there going, the numbers don't add up, Tony. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like this is what God wants us to do. And here I am stepping out and I'm thinking, Lord, it'd be a whole lot easier to do my plan A. Man, I had jobs lined up. I, I had people that were going to hook me up. I, I, I mean, it was all going to be good. But God was calling me to Bible college. I'm thinking, God, preachers are poor. They're, 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 they're kids. Everything about it is just, Lord, it's a crazy lifestyle. All these things. And I said, God, why would I want that? But God was so convicting me in my heart. 
I didn't even know the blessings, the blessings that God had before me. I had no idea. But along the way, when I sat there and I said, you know what? I just know that God has a plan. He does. He said, Tony, I trust you. And I, I know that God is with you. And I know that God will provide. And I remember going off to our first visit to college and how he stood there. And they said, you know what? Did we tell you that there is a scholarship that if any husband goes full-time to school, that their wife gets into school for free. And I about jumped up and I thought, I've got my answer for Jenny's dad. <laughs> I was like, put the numbers back in there, big boy. I can afford to marry your daughter. I was so excited. You say, how is that possible? It was all God. It was all God. And through the course of all of those things that I had no idea, but you know Moses was sitting there talking to that burning bush, and he said, I want you to go back, and I want you to do this and that. And he said, God, how am I going to do it? He said, you just follow me, and I will do it for you. There are blessings that follow those that follow God. It's just the way that God works Because God wants to use you. God wants his people to be set free. God wants to use you as a mouthpiece. God has a plan for all of that. But not if you get off and do your own thing. You will enjoy the pleasures of sin, I promise. But only for a season. But the things that God has in store for you will last for eternity. The blessings that God has for you are indescribable. I remember how even, and, and, and I mean, I know this is, you guys are just sitting there, and I'm, 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 I'm following God, and now we're at the end of our school, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where we're going to go. And Jenny was like, God has totally, totally paid our bills all the way through Bible college when we did not have a dime. Why would God stop blessing us now as we follow God? I had one interview and all of my life for a church. It was Fellowship Baptist Church. Say, so how is that possible? Oh, it was God. And it wasn't me. I, I, I remember so not knowing what to do, but God just said, follow me, follow me, follow me. There are blessings that follow those that follow God. And I don't look at Moses and I and I'm not, I do not ever, ever, ever want to stand up here and like pat myself on the back saying, well, oh, look at, but I can tell you this from personal testimony. Let me break on God. I can take you back to the beginning of my life when I was graduating and I didn't know what to do. And I remember all the things and I, I had to at times stand there and say, God, I know in my heart that that would be a lot of fun, but God, I want to honor you. There's sometimes you're just going to have to step back from the world and say, no, I choose God over the pleasures of sin for a season. Lord, I, I don't know where you're going to guide me and I don't know what you're going to do, but I know that that does not pay off. To everyone here, I challenge you this. I am simply telling you that every day we make choices. I have, I have interviewed, I have talked to so many people and I've taken my counseling a little bit further and I said all right I want to help you but will you help me and I've done this some of you might be sitting here right now that know that I've done this with you and I said will you help me with this how in the world did you get here 
I can tell you, I could give you names right now. And they said, well, let me tell you my story. And I remember one specifically, it wasn't too long ago, said, Tony, I remember growing up. I remember having this and having that. I remember right from wrong. But all it came to is one friend, one time. And I knew in my heart that what they were telling me to do was wrong. But I said, I will do it one time. I will try it, but I don't want to be like you. I will do it, but I don't want to end up. I will, I will. But let me tell you, it goes back to my illustration. I just thought that it was no big deal. Until I stepped back from my life and thought, how did I get it so off and mess up so many things? I'd rather challenge you now, wherever you're at, Time to peel back and get things back in order. Because it's no life to live when God's got much greater blessings in life for you than what you have. 